listening to the Suave Lover Podcast with your hosts, Benjamin Ritter and James Amaro. Suavelover.com, advising gentlemen on the art of romance. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Have you ever gotten advice from somebody and you knew Boy, this is a gem. This is really good. They just gave me a little glimpse into enlightenment. They've given me a real piece of themselves. And you totally did something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But usually I'll have like, you know, like three people that you're talking about. Hey, what should I do with this situation? They all give you the perspective. But the conversation is really, no, 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 that's not right. I should do that. It's like you're telling the person you're trying to get advice from what you should do. Hey, what do you think about this plan that I already have that's terrible? Uh, it's not a very good plan. Okay, but what do you think about this yeah. plan that I have that's really terrible? It's, it's, it's still not a good plan. Okay, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Then your friend calls next week. So, how'd that go? <laughs> Why do people ask for advice if they just won't fucking take it? Could be a few reasons. They could be just trying to get something off their chest. Yeah, I think that's part of it. It could be that they're trying to put it on yours. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to share. They're trying to unload what is causing them to think or worry. Sometimes they just need a sounding board. I think a lot of times we ask for advice because it's relational, because we are looking to communicate or share or reveal something about ourselves. But a lot of times... It's teed up in this really frustrating and counterintuitive way, especially for somebody who gets asked the advice question. What should I do? Let me tell you something brilliant that you should do. Okay, I'm not going to do anything resembling that. Well, then why the fuck did you ask me? People usually select only a couple people to ask advice from. So you have to imagine that those relationships are important to that person. They yeah. feel that they trust them. They feel that they value those people's opinions. I mean, I think there's something very important about the advice-seeking process that you go into a genuine consult, a genuine engagement to ask a piece of advice, or something, hopefully with a certain constructive mindset that you are open to receiving what could very well be disappointing advice or news about the circumstance that you're open to it. Because if you go in there with a preconception about what should happen or what kind of advice is appropriate. You're not actually asking for advice. You're just confirmation bias. And you're you, asking for somebody to agree with or to describe back to you that which you already believe to be true, and you're looking for confirmation rather than going into uncover what should happen in a circumstance. And in those situations, you kind of have to tell yourself what you're going to do. Am I going into this to ask advice? Am I going into this just to talk? And you have to frame that because if you don't frame that, you may actually hurt the relationship. Yeah. Because if I'm like asking advice from this person for a whole week and going back and forth and throwing new ideas and finally you come up with a decision and you go and not do that and then you check back into your best friend about <laughs> how that advice went, yeah. they're not going to want to spend and waste that time with you listening to you and just investing all that back and forth. I'm just moving air. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Like, my time is valuable. Yeah. I'm sure everyone values their time. Yeah. There's a difference between sitting around in a circle having a drink at a bar and shooting the shit than me literally calling you up personally and saying, I really need your help. Which, by the way, is great time and the place for it. If you're going to bring up bar talk 
in places that aren't quite the bar. Bring it up with your friends when you're hanging out. Bring it up with your girlfriends when you're with girlfriends, guy friends with guy friends, your friends. You can talk bullshit. You can get shit off your chest. That's completely legitimate. Frame up something a little bit differently, though, if you're looking for something different. So you are trying to decide whether or not you should look for a different job. You're in the process of trying to consider job offers. What should I do? It's probably the worst fucking question. <laughs> what should I do is just like saying, I don't know what to do. That's all that you've actually communicated. What you might ask is, I'm having a hard time with all of the possibilities and all the things to consider. How would I even kind of make this a manageable problem for myself? Do you have any advice about how to go about evaluating the job offers? Because if you're going to ask the advice of somebody, what should I do? Uh, well, I mean, I think you're setting both of yourselves up to fail. Instead, what do you think about this and how would you go about evaluating it? It's a really sensible thing to do. Because now you're not just, you know, shooting the shit or complaining, which again, is totally valid. Go to the bar and do that. But when the question is, this job has this pro and this con. What would you do in this situation? Well, there are things that are useful to talk about, but you've got to be ready as the listener to have some of your assumptions challenged. How to Start a Kinky Relationship by James Amaro is the definitive guide to successful alternative romantic relationships. The book has been called 50 Shades of Grey for Real People. Educational, informative, and irreverent, this book has something to offer anyone who is curious and sexually adventurous. Get your copy of How to Start a Kinky Relationship by James Amaro at Amazon.com or in select bookstores today. If you're asking advice from somebody who is experienced in the field or is a close friend or does just doesn't just isn't you i mean anybody who isn't you isn't going to think exactly like you you got to be ready to get some hopefully some bad news I mean, you're thinking about this wrong uh this is going to be way more sensible than what you're planning on doing um i'm not even considering the shit you're considering maybe right? just really yeah. shitty advice yeah it, yeah it might just so be shitty advice part of it is figuring out the right question mm. asking a question a little specific figuring out who you're really going to ask and you're not just asking someone that has no experience in what you're asking, because then just vent. Use that time to vent and make sure that that person knows you're venting. Tee it up as being a relational yeah. moment that you're having. Don't make it an advice-seeking moment. Which is really as simple as going, I really need your thoughts on an opinion on something. Or, oh my God, I have to tell you what happened to me today. Yeah, I just need to get it off my chest. Yeah. That's, that's great. You have to hear this for a second. And then you, as the person that's getting asked a question, going along with what they're seeking. So they're asking for your advice. If you can't give advice, saying that you can't give advice mm -hmm. or giving advice mm -hmm. and asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. Or if they just want to shoot the shit, not the questioning shit. them yeah. and giving them advice. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really frustrating too because my communication style is if you're going to present to me a problem, I'm going to troubleshoot it. It's a professional inclination and it is something that uh, moves into relationships too. And this is one of those male-female communication pattern kind of bullshit scenarios that comes up. Women like to talk about things that are troubling them for relational purposes and men like to act on them and they like to fix them. Well, it's especially true with me. If you present to me a problem, I'm like a dog with meat being waved in his face. It's like, oh, I want to fix the problem. I want to fix the problem. 
And that's something that I personally have to consciously override. I think people who are close to me know that if they come to me with a problem, they're probably going to get the dressing down conversation about, do you mean to talk about this as a problem? I do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get something straight. I'm either just going to blow this off and say, ah, oh, that sucks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. I'm going to sit you down for two hours and talk this shit out with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You yeah, need yeah. to figure out which yeah. one you want. Which one do you want? That's right. And so I've been able to just roll with it, but I'll use Usually, from difficult experience learned in several difficult relationships, I'll usually just be supportive. I'll start out with that mentality, much to my own chagrin. I mean, this isn't my my modal intention, whatever. Question, question, I need your advice. What do you think about this job offer? Well, tell me what you think. Oh boy, that's that active listening nonsense that we learned in, you know, how to win friends and influence people. Showing interests. Sure enough. And truly, I think if you're going to be the kind of person asking for advice, you should understand that what you're probably going to get, if you're going to go to anybody who's done this before, is good at this, you're probably going to get more questions than answers. You're going to walk away with probably a little bit more chaos in your head than you started with, but hopefully it's clarifying. You sleep on it for a day or a week, it will settle into something that you can turn up, up something that you can process. Yeah, and you get all those questions asked towards you, no matter what the person says, no matter what the advice is, your job is the person seeking advice is to listen just as much as the person that you're asking. Even if you get advice that you don't like, you're supposed to listen and even ask more questions why the person feels that way. Right? That yeah. could be a signal that maybe your thoughts aren't completely... I don't know how annoyed. many times I've had to say to a young person starting out their career who I might be dating <laughs> <laughs> that... Your salary expectations do not comport to your experience level. That's one of those things where young people say, oh, you know, I could I could make a ton of money doing this or a ton of money doing that. It's the get-rich-quick mentality. And usually the advice they get from me is thinking that you're entitled to get-rich-quick is not going to help you. You should get good at something, and then if you work for it, you might get rich. So your job then, as the person giving advice in this situation, when someone's asking you questions... Oh, just to be clear, in this situation, my job is to get them into bed quickly and quit <laughs> talking about advice. <laughs> Isn't that always our job? <laughs> but it's to not get offended or not to get quick-tempered when giving advice. Yeah. On both sides. Both sides have to realize that you have to have patience when you're seeking advice because you're not going to hear what you want to hear. The Essentials by Benjamin Ritter is your concise manual for life improvement and success with women. The Essentials has been called a straight-to-the-point lesson in the lost art of being a man. Packed with insights, this book will transform the way you think about dating and relationships. Get your copy of The Essentials by Benjamin Ritter at Amazon.com or in select bookstores today. Giving advice is one of the most vulnerable situations you can put yourself in yeah. for the person giving and the person receiving. There's a huge chance for conflict and misunderstanding, which doesn't belong in that type of relationship or in that moment when you're seeking advice. The advice conversation has this relational element where what you're actually trying to do is bond. Does this person think the way that I do about these things? Does, is this person concerned about me? Are they concerned about the same things I'm concerned about? These are the, this is the subtext of the open-ended, what do you think, 
or advice seeking. And it's true of small talk. It's true of some other things. But that's the subtext is the person that I'm talking to value aligned with me. And we don't have good language for, for asking that sort of explicitly. So we do it by asking stupid questions or, or seeking advice where we can't even receive the answers because we are so perversely unable to do what's good for us. <laughs> There's a lot of research and decision science about how we miswant things we want what's going to be bad for us. Even when we're told that it's bad for us, we still want it. And we mispredict what's going to happen when we do something. We have a really bad ability to anticipate the consequences of our own behavior. Or, or benefits. Or benefits, yeah, indeed. Very, very bad predictive. <laughs> very it's bad. It's like, might as well play the lotto with your decisions. You have no idea what's going to happen. And, so, and your level of happiness is not going to equal whatever all, you want it to be. At all. It's pretty stagnant. It's pretty, you're whatever, however happy you've been in your life, yeah. that's pretty much the level of happiness you're going to hit. Like, if you can remember the happiest moment in your life. You've probably life. peaked. Yeah. Yep. And and similarly, if you feel really bad, it's not probably going to get worse. It tends to level out. Like you may hit like a, a moment either, either direction, yeah. but you'll go back. It's, the empirical study was people who won the lottery and then people who were paralyzed and forced into wheelchairs. And what they did is evaluated as best as they could retrospectively. The relative level of happiness on a scale of, let's say, 1 to 10, let's say normal is about a 5. They checked their level of happiness before winning the lottery and before becoming paralyzed. Now, if you and I were to think about this, and I do, and I think, holy God, if I had the lottery, I'd be so fucking happy I'd be a 10. I predict this right now. And if I were to be crippled, I'd want to, I'd be so miserable. I'd be a zero. I mean, this is exactly the kind of belief that we have. We all forecast something approximately to that effect. And it is true for a moment. For a couple of months, people who win the lottery are generally happier. However, their life returns. They go back to spending money. They have relatives. They have issues. They have insecurities. People who can't walk are really sad. They're in a wheelchair. They have to learn to adapt. They're really depressed and whatever. But then you forget about all the other things that happen. Your life continues to happen. You still have family. You may have a purpose, a hobby, or whatever. Once you're a year on, what started out as five and then went up to 10 or went down to zero returns to maybe not quite the same. If you were at a five and you won the lottery, you may find yourself at a five and a half, but usually that's about it. And if you lost the ability to walk, I mean, I would think I would spend the rest of my life wishing something but you wind up at about a four and a half. I mean, it goes down a little bit, but you are pretty close to where you begin. And that seems absurd because right now thinking yeah. about it, all you're thinking about is the loss. That's the most salient part. It's going to be hard for somebody to tell you, you know, if you do this thing that's going to cause you some suffering, in the long run, you're going to be so much happier or you're going to be as happy as you would have thought. You can end this bad relationship. That can get behind you. You're thinking about the heartbreak, the loneliness, the loss, the fear, the avoidance. You can't imagine that ending this bad relationship could have any kind of, you'd be back to yourself in the long term. Can't even envision that. And as a result, if somebody gives you really fucking good advice, like break up with that girl, she's the wrong one for you. Dump that guy, he's a cheater. You get that advice, but somehow you're mispredicting and then you're miswanting. You think that you want happiness. You probably don't even want happiness because you don't even know it when you get it. You probably want stability or comfort or acknowledgement. You think you want happiness. Or you want a specific happiness you've experienced at one point. You know, you want that past happiness. Yep. 
that one thing in high school that you'll never get back to hormonally in this lifetime that you haven't accepted yet. Sorry, we age. Yes. <laughs> so miswanting and mispredicting conspire to make it so that we have a really hard time hearing feedback. We have a hard time making decisions because our decisions are so intrinsically biased. But if somebody does give us feedback, you know, you've got a way of thinking about this that I don't relate to, or more concisely, what the fuck are you thinking? Sometimes that what the fuck are you thinking is really hard to hear, makes, makes us defensive. And if you're asking for advice, you've got to be able to check your own ego defenses. Because frankly, you're both vulnerable. You're asking somebody for them to reveal their expertise or ignorance. And you're getting somebody to tell you about your own incompetence or inability to do something. So you better be braced for some possibly constructive feedback, negative feedback even. If you're asking for advice. And if you get negative feedback, you're asking the right people. Because most of the time, people are just going to fluff you. And you're, you're probably asking for and that's it. what you're looking for. Yep, indeed. And if that's the case, just be careful to compartmentalize the request. Because frankly, you come to someone like me or to you, and you start asking these deep and significant questions, what should I do? You are going to get really good advice. On that, I, you know, when people pull me aside and I can tell they want to ask something, you get that weird message from someone you haven't talked to in a while. Sure. You have someone pull you aside when you're in person and they want your advice on something. Because yeah. they know your expertise. Great. You went to the right person. Now your next step is to ask the right question. But you also have to give me the right environment. You can't pull me aside when I'm listening to my headphones or at work or bartending or I'm traveling the United States and I get this Facebook message about this urgent advice you need right now about a relationship. And yep. it's like, no, you need to set up a time. You need to respect your time and the other person's time to allow them to give you the type of advice that you're seeking. And it's not when you're in bed. Boy, when I give constructive <laughs> feedback in bed, it's usually not very well received. You just got to know how to take that advice to heart as deep as you can. You have been listening to the Suave Lover podcast. Visit suavelover.com to become the kind of man that women crave.